Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hi, everyone. This is Tom Salemi from the OIS Podcast. Thank you for clicking on our podcast today and for joining us for another great conversation, another tale of innovation in ophthalmology. We're going to be talking about glaucoma today. Specifically, though, we're going to look at intraocular pressure or the monitoring of IOP. Our guest today is Max Ostermeyer of Implant Data. Max has presented at OISs in the past, and Implant Data has a really novel uh, sensing approach uh, to monitoring IOP. It involves an implant in the eye and a, a hand tool outside that the patient can hold up to their eye and get regular monitorings of IOP. It's actually a, a technology that has a very unique uh, origin, uh, and it's something that uh, could really, as sensors become more integral parts of ophthalmic treatment, could really become a big part of treating glaucoma. So we hope you enjoy this conversation with Max Ostermeyer from Implant Data. Max Ostermeyer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tom. My pleasure. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, your company, Implant Data, was founded in 2010. Uh, what was the origin of the technology, and what problem did you identify that you, you felt needed, uh, needed a solution? So actually, if you look into the past, you know, there is literature back in the 60s talking about uh, telemetric measurement of intraocular pressure by permanent implantable sensors. Um, and although we started way earlier than in 2010, actually I'm involved in that project uh, now for more than 15 years. And we have been encouraged by thought leaders like Bob Weinrib uh, from San Diego or Charles Spad from Mills Institute that a better monitoring of IOP is really crucial for um, better care of glaucoma patients. And knowing that, you know, we have been in touch with some engineers in the automotive industry and they work on tire pressure sensors. And for us, it made a lot of sense, you know, because also for tire pressure sensors, uh, you work with telemetric systems. But the challenge was really to make the, the sensors so small that they also can uh, be placed in a human eye. Um, so as I said, we have been encouraged by uh, ophthalmologists to work on that. Uh, we have been encouraged by engineers in the automotive industry that uh, from a technology point of view, that's, uh, that is uh, something which is doable. And then uh, we started uh, in 2008 or 2009 working with uh, Dr. Dullman from Mass Eye Institute um, and de doing the first patients. And that uh, went quite successful. Of course, we did also some animal studies before, before that. But that was really successful. So that in 2010, we said, okay, now we got a technology which works, which uh, was proven in clinical studies or in, in preclinical studies. And that was then the starting point to form the company and say, okay, now let's get serious. We got the technology, so there is a need. Um, and so we started in 2010 um, with fundraising, and uh, that was kind of the beginning of Implant Data. But as I said, the story is longer. We started way earlier. Oh, interesting. Uh, you started before 2010? Absolutely. I started, I'm involved in that project since 2001, actually. Oh. I came back from the U.S. I worked in the U.S. for a while for a biotech company. 
And then I got back and became attention of that project. And then I said, wow, that's, that's an amazing project. There is a need. I talked to many ophthalmologists and they all um, stressed there is a need for better monitoring. Uh, and on the other hand, I said, um, from an engineering point of view, it's possible to realize such a, such a solution. So that, that was really how it started. How much in common does your sensor have in, uh, have in common with, uh, with sensors used in the automotive industry? Is it really just a modification of what people would have in their tires? Or did you basically take the concept and then find a new way of, of delivering the same, the same function? Basically, it's, a, it's, the, it's the same same approach, you know. Basically, we are using similar technology, so it's not so much different. The challenge was really, you know, if you place a sensor in a tire, you got a lot of space. Mm-hmm. You don't have that in the human eye. So the challenge was really to make it so tiny and and to make it so so uh, sensible that you measure also very accurately very small pressures uh, which we see in, in the intraocular pressure. So that was really the challenge. And initially, that was underestimated what that means. And at the same time, it needs to be a long-term robust system. Also true for automotive. You know, if you have a tire pressure sensor, you want to be sure that it works for 10, 15, 20 years. Same with glaucoma patients. You want to be sure that an eye sensor measures the pressure um, with high precision and accuracy also after 10 years, or if, uh, if not longer. So, but there's a, a, a lot of uh, similarities there. And all they said, the technology is not so much different. And how, uh, how, long do you, how long do you feel that these sensors will be able to, to, to monitor the pressure? Obviously, you've been at it for a time. I don't know if you need to get long-term data to really come out with a, with a declarative statement, yes. or do you have a sense of, of so, so what we're Actually, we, we have done accelerated testing, uh, which shows, that, shows us that the sensors work for 30 years and longer. The longest implant now in a human is now for six years, and the sensor is working quite, quite well. So uh, there is no reason um, uh, why it shouldn't work uh, for years and years and years. And how exactly is it is it measuring the pressure and sending the data to the device that's that's capturing the data and then sending it to the physician? What's what sort of uh, technologies are we talking about? So actually, we are using RFID technology. Means there is a tiny microsensor implanted inside the eye, which has capacitive pressure membranes. Um, it's powered from the outside by induction. So basically you have two induction coils. Uh, the internal one is for harvesting the uh, energy sent from the outside by RFID. Uh, then the, the sensor chip is activated, takes pressure readings through the capacitive, capacitive pressure membranes. And at the same time, the measured data is sent to the external device. Um, and by that, once the sensor sits inside the eye, you can take pressure readings at any chosen cycle. You can do on-demand measurements. You can do online measurements. So the, 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 the hurdle is to get the sensor inside the eye. But once it's sitting there, you can take pressure readings at any chosen frequency. We've certainly spent a lot of time talking about glaucoma with MIGs and other, other treatments. Uh, where does the, the current, where does the accurate and continued monitoring of IOP really fit into the treatment of glaucoma? Why is such precision necessary? What are the, what are the benefits? So, you know, in glaucoma treatment, the overall goal, goal is always to control IOP, to reduce IOP. Um, 
that's true for any any therapy, either medication uh, or by surgery or all, also by that mix. You know, the goal is always to reduce intraocular pressure. But the problem right now is there is only very limited means to really measure intraocular pressure. Right now you do that at the doctor's office and usually it's done every couple of months. But right now nobody really understands what's going on in between office visits. So, so imagine you got a high, high blood pressure patient and you take blood pressure readings just every couple of months. In between all, all sort of things can happen. And that's true also for glaucoma patients. Uh, we see um, out of the studies we are conducting right now, we see there is a lot of fluctuation at certain patients. Patients react differently on medications. It's not that all patients react the same way on one sort of medication. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, of fluctuation going on in between uh, office visits. And it's also completely unknown what's going on over the course of the day. You take a pressure reading at the doctor's office in the, at 9 in the morning, but the pressure is way different or can be way different at uh, 9 in the evening. So they so really don't understand um, what's going on over, over the course of the day. And by having a, a sensor which tells you, okay, pressure is okay, is under control, or it's too high, that really would allow to titrate therapy. You know, uh, most of the glaucoma patients, they are under medication for the rest of their life. And I think mix and, and surgical procedures kind of help, but still, they are under, uh, most of them are under medication. Means the patients have to be monitored and also surgical procedures have only a certain lifetime. You know, after a while, sooner or later, it's popped to work and then you have to do um, a revision of the surgery. So also these patients need to be closely monitored so that you find out early on that um, there is something wrong or if they're doing fine. We're going to take a quick break from this conversation to uh, highlight a new feature of OIS. Uh, if you've been reading your eye on innovation newsletters, and why wouldn't you be reading them? Uh, you will know that we have a breakfast breakout session, uh, several of them, in fact, scheduled for the morning at OIS starting at 7.30. They will be very uh, intimate and interactive uh, settings for conversations around presbyopia, glaucoma, uh, combination therapies for wet AMD and DME, uh, retinal prostheses, uh, drug and devices for dry eye, gene therapy, Obviously, these are huge areas of interest to anyone who is looking to innovate in ophthalmology. So if you want to get in the session that uh, is most appealing to you, you should go to OIS.net right now to register for the conference. Now back to this conversation with Implant Data. So in the video that you uh, put together showing showing the, the device, it, you had a measurement, it, it, the, the, the subject in the video, I think measured at 12 yep. and then 25 and then 12 and 12 and 12 for the rest of the day. So that high reading, that single high reading of the day, that could be because of what, uh, didn't take their medication or, or some other reason. It, it, it gives, it gives the kind of, it gives the doctor meaningful data for them to tell, give the patients perhaps better instructions or, or restate some instructions? Absolutely. You know, if you, if, for example, if you know uh, you got a patient and typically the pressure is pretty high, let's say, by noon, uh, 
And you can adjust medication in a way that you say, tell the patient, okay, your patient, you typically get, you got pretty high pressure at noon, take your medication maybe at 10 a.m. so that the pressure is kind of under control at noon. Uh, and as I said, we know that, that uh, prostaglandines work different than beta blockers, uh, and patients respond differently. Some patients have pretty high, we see that in the studies, we see the data that some patients have pretty high pressures in the morning, others don't. Um, we see that patients uh, sometimes have a lot of fluctuation um, in the first weeks, uh, and by change of medication, this fluctuation can be reduced, and all those pressures can be reduced. So it really, it really is eye-opening to the eye doctors because for the first time they see how a patient reacts uh, to the therapy, and if there is um, pressure too high, they can do something up front instead of waiting until further visual, visual fetal loss has uh, happened to the patient. So, so you've got the physicians, they see a need for this, so there's a demand. You've got the technology, you, you're developing the product. What were the challenges in creating a company around this? Is this kind of product something which you can build a company around, or, or were there concerns that perhaps it was more of an add-on to existing products and, and maybe wasn't a standalone company on its own? So, you know, if you look at um, the first glance, you would see, okay, this is a sensor company. This is doing sensors, implantable sensors for diagnostic purposes or for monitoring. But at the end, you know, we offer much more. Actually, um, by actually, you know, I would tell, I would see us as a company which is combining medical technology with information technology. You know, uh, digital health is a mm -hmm. big topic. So, with our sensor, you are able, you, the patient is able to take pressure readings by himself at home. Uh, pa patient's data is sent to the doctor's office. Um, so he would have immediate access to his patient the patient's data, and of course he wouldn't look at thousands of data points. He wants to be alerted if there is something wrong with the patient. If the patient is doing good, fine, no need to, to look at the data, but if there is something wrong, means there is um, very high pressure for a couple of, uh, couple of days, you really want to pay attention to that patient. But at the end, you know, we are delivering data. We, we, we deliver actionable data. We, we, uh, and that data is used for, for therapeutic purposes. So we are not just offering micro-implants for measuring intraocular pressure. We are offering an, an, a, a whole solution for also for home care. We are empowering patients by, by, by enabling patients to take pressure readings by themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really empower empowering patients. Glaucoma is a very emotional disease. Uh, the threat to get blind or lose vision is very, very concerning to patients. You know, to, that, that means uh, quality, uh, loss of quality of life and that means de being dependent on somebody else. So most of the patients are very, very concerned about that disease. And by being able to take pressure readings at home by, your, by yourself, uh, and we also said, we've seen the studies, patients are, um, that, that gives patients peace of mind, that, that release patients to understand, okay, everything is good with me, um, and if pressure is too high, I can do something. I need to take uh, medication as uh, instructed by the eye doctor, or if medication is taken, I call, give the eye doctor a call and say, tell him, okay, my pressure is too high. Is it okay, or is something to be done? I think that's, uh, that's also for patients very important. Um, 
But coming back um, to your question, I think, as I said, we are offering more, and we are already um, thinking about integrating further um, monitoring uh, tools for glaucoma patients, not just pressure, there are other parameters which are of importance. So we want to really present a whole solution to the, to the glaucoma patients. No, you're right. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, if you've got cholesterol problems and you get tested every year or so, you, you, know, you obviously don't know what those tests are, those outcomes are, but if you're eating well and you're exercising, you, you kind of hopeful, you hope you're trending in the right direction unless there are some other medical concerns there. With this, there's really you know, nothing you can do. You can't have a, have a salad or something to, to, to help alleviate your glaucoma. So the uncertainty of always living with that notion that your vision is deteriorating must, must be very stressful. Absolutely, and you know, we, we have already realized uh, that's still in pilot, you know, but we have reala realized a patient app by which he can see on his smartphone how is my pressure doing, how was it yesterday, how was it the week before, and we use that app also as a communication interface between the eye doctor and the patient. So, for example, if the eye doctor wants to see the patient, he should send a message uh, to that app. Or you can also place a, a medication reminder, so there would be an alert, uh, an alarm to the patient when it's time to take his medication. So that's, that's, uh, I think that's uh, really um, additional uh, things which are very helpful to the patients to, to, be, uh, to, be, to improve um, assurance of the patient. Mm -hmm. So in, instead of checking their Facebook update, they can uh, check their Absolutely. IOP. Uh, that's, that's, that's a great notion. And you're right, you're, you're, you came along six years ago, but now we're seeing, uh, obviously, the, the digital health uh, movement is is gone strong. It's, it's, it's something that we've all talked about, empowering the patients, giving them the information. And on top of that, we're seeing Google and Alcon come up with their plans for contact lenses uh, of their own to do this right. or that. There seems to be a real convergence of, uh, of the eye and digital health technology. You guys, uh, and as I said, you know, you, you would see right away how patients, and that's, that's a big data component here, you know, you would see right away how certain medication works for certain patients, you know, if you collect all that data, I think we will bring a lot of light into that still very unknown areas. Uh, there's still a lot of uh, estimations and guesses what is really responsible for progression and why are certain medications working differently. I think by having better ways to really measure intraocular pressure, I think there will be a lot of um, um, ex expertise and, and experience gained how, 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 it's, how it's really working. So what are your next steps? What do you need to do to get these uh, sensors in the hands or the eyes of, uh, of patients? So actually, we are right now conducting clinical studies in Germany for getting CE marking. So we expect CE marking um, next year. And then we will uh, do a first market launch in Europe. Uh, of course, there will be first further post-market studies. Uh, at the same time, we are preparing an IDE uh, to start a first pilot study in the U.S., that's on its way, so we hope that uh, that study can be started also sometimes early next year. Um, but we are a small startup company, so right now we are really fo we are really focused to to, to um, establish further centers in Europe uh, to do some further post-market studies. Um, and still, you know, it's an invasive product. There's also always something uh, which can happen, so we want to be careful in introducing that product into the market. So far, you know. Uh, see the data in regard of safety is really excellent. We haven't seen any device malfunction. We haven't seen any um, 
uh, any serious adverse device related events. So overall, the data really looks good, looks good, you know, but once you spread out, you know, there's always ch uh, chances that something goes wrong. And you've raised just over 6 million euros uh, in the past five years. How are you keeping your burn rate so, so low? I think we are pretty um, efficient in what we are doing. You know, we are uh, also production, everything um, is ha happening outside. So that allows us to um, stay lean as a company. Um, and on the other hand, you know, when you start, you don't have any clinical data yet. You know, investors are very reserved to put, because it's, there's still a lot of risk involved into that, to put a lot of money into the company. So for us, it was kind of, okay, uh, let's look what we can raise, and if that makes sense to us, and if it makes sense, we raise it. So, um, but I think with, with that uh, six million, we came pretty far. But we are right now working on the next funding round, and I, I, I can promise you that this next funding round will be, since we have uh, reached now a stage and a lot of risks have been eliminated, that this next funding round will be more aggressive uh, than what we raised in the past. So what is the, the long-term vision of this company? You, I'm not sure if you can build a large company around sensor technology. Perhaps you can in this day or age. Or do you see yourself moving more into a, a therapeutic uh, areas, including some therapeutics with your devices? You know, of course, the, the holy grail would be sometimes in future kind of combining sensor technology with therapeutic devices in form of a closed-loop system. Uh, so anytime the pressure uh, is beyond a certain threshold, there would be uh, a device or a drug kind of taking care, automatically taking care for reduction of intraocular pressure. That would be the holy grail because that would eliminate um, any patient compliance issues. But I think that's still a long way to go, but I think uh, we see it on the horizon. That will be some, some, something sometimes in future. So for us as a company now, of course, intraocular pressure is a an, is an, uh, really important and good application, but there might be other applications uh, where pressure inside the body is of relevance. So, for example, in the cardiovascular area, if we do that with an implant data, future will tell us. Um, but I think the most realistic scenario or the, the long-term vision for us is to get the company, the product to a certain stage, and then to partner uh, with a strategic in regard of commercialization. And we see a lot of fit, you know, we see a lot of fit to ophthalmic surgical companies, but also to pharmaceutical, um, uh, ophthalmic pharmaceutical companies. So I think that's, uh, in my point of view, that's the most realistic uh, scenario for, for the ophthalmic application. That certainly would, would sound like a great outcome for everyone. And uh, hopefully, I know you've attended OIS, so maybe the next time you're there, you'll, you'll Make the uh, make the connection that creates uh, an opening for that partnership someday. Happy to do that. All right, Max. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks a lot, Tom. Take care. Max Ostermeyer, thank you for joining us on the OIS podcast. The uh, the advancing of sensors and uh, implants and such for ophthalmology is, is really exciting. Uh, and it's great to see a company like Implant Data sort of go uh, get in early on the whole digital health monitoring uh, movement. So great story to tell here. Uh, happy to share that tale of innovation. And want to remind you one more time, go to OIS.net to register for the conference and to sign up 
for your breakfast breakout session. Uh, OAS will be on November 12th at the Planet Hollywood Hotel in Las Vegas. And we hope to see you there.